Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Tim Berg here for the Above180.com podcast. I want to thank the Atlantis Resort and Casino. Again, the official sponsors of Above180.com this week as we're doing all sorts of interviews. It's truly an honor right now to be standing next to Mike Albee. Had a chance to uh, see Mike last year at Dallas at Bowl Expo at the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Finally, to go to get a chance to talk to you, Mike, it's really an honor. So thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you, and uh, thanks for what you're doing for bowling. It helps as well. Great, Mike. Well, let's begin. Uh, speaking of what we're doing, me and Joe Sarar started Above180.com. Uh, we started doing the podcast really to help bowlers take their game to that next level. Um, what is one thing that you see... Uh, that would help bowlers that are maybe 180 to, to take their game. What's one thing putting on you know your proprietor hat when you when you see bowlers come in, whether it be league bowlers or even open play bowlers? What do bowlers really need to work on these days that you see lacking in the sport that's stopping people from taking their game to that next skill level? Well, you know, I never really believed that there was a right and a wrong way to do it. So uh, it's all about practice and, and being able to um, simulate shots over and over. Um, you know, obviously you can't replace practice. Um, it's a matter of letting the ball do all the work. You know, it's all fluid motion. It's not anytime you use more muscle, the muscle is it's tough to duplicate that. So by letting the weight of the ball control your swing, then you have the same swing every time because the, the ball weight is always consistent. But like I said, practice is the main thing, and being able to duplicate shots is, is going to be the most important thing that can help improve your game. So right now with the way technology has evolved from when you were on tour, I, I bet you, you, might, you have to think that you could you could have lasted even longer with the, with the way the balls are now because you're not having to, like you said, you're not having to grip on it and rip it. You can just let the ball do all the work just by the core design and the way everything is designed nowadays. It's so much stronger than what it was then where it just it's like you said it's so effortless well you know i mean i started in the late 70s and on tour and uh you know we went from rubber and plastic to urethane to you know reactive urethane to you know particle to you know so uh i was able to adapt all the way through all those different surface changes but uh and the same thing for me i was always trying to find a way to to, to dial them down to where it would be more of a consistent role and a, and a more controllable and predictable role so and it's the same thing now i mean you you find the equipment that's strong but it still has to be predictable uh, you know, if, if it reads too harshly off the condition, then it's, you know, you're going to be a lot of X's and O's, you know, so um, that's how I always try to play it was be more, I want more of a predictable, predictable look and a trajectory to back end. It was kind of a smooth arc. Um, you get that jerk, herky jerk stuff. You leave all sorts of, all sorts of um, designs. And, and I guess, um, talk about a little bit, I guess, the state of bowling right now. You know, we're kind of, the economy seems to be kind of picking back up a little bit. People are out. Uh, Bowl Expo, it seems seems a little bigger than, than years past and last year. But talk about, I guess, what you see, where you see the sport and what, what really needs to be done to help bowling 
continue and and um, just continue to grow? Well, I mean, I think that uh, you can't replace the youth uh, aspect of the of the industry, uh, and we're fortunate in the, the new incoming BPA president, Kathy DeSocio, uh, that's her major focus is going to be on the youth, and um, you know when you you can't backfill all these bowlers unless you have the youth coming up from the bottom and um, the more we get kids involved not just involved on a, a once every month or two basis you know it's got to be involved in in the sport and and the recreation as well but um, you know the thing is we have we have two great aspects in this industry that we really need to push harder and that's our collegiate bowling and our high school bowling uh, those two things are, are quite popular quite large and very exciting for the industry um, you know and then we have a US Open last night for the women who, who obviously were as professional as you can get with the demanding conditions they were on. It was an awesome setting. So, you know, bowling is set up with the Bowling Proprietors Association, the USBC, um, you know, and the PBA, and, and we, we are very fortunate to have good people in this industry. Um, we'll, we will be able to uh, hold our own with the, in, with the economy. Um, and it's just, it's just we've, we've got to get through this patch, but, but we can't lose sight of growing from the bottom up. Not, you can't grow from the top of the pyramid down. You know, it's got to be from the bottom up. Well, exactly. I want to hit on one thing there you said with the youth, because here's what I see as a person. Um, people bowl high school. They'll, they'll bowl uh, in their youth leagues. And then if they're not at that skill level that they can bowl collegiately, they'll still maybe go off to college or they'll work out of, out of high school. And they, they'll forget about bowling. What can be done to, to stop that? Is there maybe something... To keep kids that are interested, but they're not, their skill level isn't on that collegiate level, but they still, as a proprietor, I'm sure you deal with this all the time. What can be done to keep people in bowling? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some sort of competitive aspect that they can have for them, whether it's intermediate tournaments, uh, it's getting into the open championships to where they, you know, each year they look forward to that. It's a competitive league situation. Or, in the other aspect, it's it's a team building effort through a business or it's a um, sales building effort, you know, within a business. So I think that's how we keep the kids who are caught and whether they don't quite have that top level, which, like I said, we can't keep focusing on the top of the pyramid. You know, it's the same way I have a couple ice skating rinks. You know, there's so much emphasis on the higher level skaters that they lose sight of the bottom. You've got to have the numbers to create those high level skaters. And if the bottom of that pyramid shrinks, you know, there's not much of a top. Well, exactly, and, and um, I know one of the things above 180, that's what we're working with, too, is working with uh, some collegiate folks who are going to be doing some writing and some blogging for us to get that aspect out of it because, really, you're right, that is where bowling has to go. We have to we have to keep those people in, interested and keep them bowling. Um, so with uh, you brought up the U.S. Open last night. Grueling condition probably made you reminisce back to what, what you were used to bowling on. I think probably the easiest, and talking to some folks today, at least in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, it would be like coming into your center after a full day of league play and moon bowling and then trying to bowl so that the heads are fried up and the outsides are goofy and you got skittles down the lane possibly and you got all sorts of stuff going on i'm not so sure that's duplicated <laughs> duplicatable if there's a word for that but uh you know obviously the the, the outside the wind the, the dust the dirt uh you know and and don't forget let's let's add in the fact that you know it's the u.s open in front of a huge crowd so there, there's got to be some tightness there as well uh but the ladies handled it professionally um, very challenging, obviously. Um, Kelly Kulik, the leader, came through and, and you know did what she's supposed to do, and that's win the game. Uh, you know the other girls performed great. Was, I mean, spares were difficult. Obviously, strikes were very difficult. Um, you know, the bowlers saw what it was like. Uh, hopefully, the non-bowlers can can un- get enough of an understanding of that. It, you know, there's more to it than what they saw. Um, 
that's always a challenge. But, you know, the venue was just absolutely tremendous. Once the lights went down enough and it got dark enough, the lights popped. I mean, it was, it was really cool. Exactly. And you that's the other key point is I, I hope that the ESPN announcers, I know Chris Barnes was up there, so he brings the intimate knowledge of knowing how tough it was. But I hope they're able to convey that to the people watching on ESPN, too. Because otherwise, you get the snickers of people saying, oh, look at these women. Women are going to bowl 150 and, and so on. But that's not the case. Well, I think that uh, in, in a couple ways we're fortunate that it's a taped show. So the, the editing process can, can help somewhat. And Chris is very knowledgeable, and, and, and I think they knew very early on that they had an op, that they had an opportunity to explain what was going on. And they'll spend, uh, I believe it's an hour, an hour and a half, hour long. And that's what they were going to have to do the entire show is continue to explain that as, as you know, the scores would dictate that they had to. I know, because um, one of the things watching it, like you said, spares, left-handed spares were a challenge, right-hand shooting a 10-pin, everything was a challenge. Um, it was funny, talking to a couple of the ball, ball guys, um, he said he had one of his uh, one of his players move and almost play like a 70s like a fade shot mm-hmm. just to get the ball yeah. to hit the head pin and then the, the con- and, and, and make your spares and then the, it seemed like the concern is for the girls they're not used to having to do that. Want to try to get a little yeah you know if and, and Kelly did a tremendous job of keeping her hand right behind the ball and just just you know taking whichever side she can hit and pick some spares up and see what happens and you know we were sitting back watching and, and you just knew that there was going to be an 810 a 518 you just knew that 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 was a definite possibility you know a they're using obviously plastic balls and very weak balls the carry down the oils down i mean all it was just set up for that so i mean they you knew there was going to be some lumps but you know the girls were strong enough mentally to stay in there and keep keep plugging away and you know in the end it's the trophy and the title that matters exactly and and the one thing that was also great to see is there was a very good sportsmanship among everyone i mean they all wanted to win and they all have that competitive juices in them but yet they're all were still they're all friends it seems off the lanes and and wanted to were happy for the win it's very easy to be disgusted in a case like that that discouraged embarrassed whatever but you know we all knew what was going on and and they handled themselves very well led led the industry very very highly mike all we want to thank you for joining me on the above 180.com podcast thank you very much continue to do what you're doing for us we appreciate it